Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? So what? Welcome along. This is the Friday morning episode. Um, I heard someone shouting "So what?" in the street yesterday. Who in at? the style of you, just someone shouting it at someone else across the street. So what? In Sunderland? Yeah. Yeah, Interesting. It, was, it was it was exactly in the sort of tone of voice that you used as well. Did, did you worry for a split second that I was in Sunderland? Well, I knew it wasn't your voice because it was a Sunderland accent. It wasn't, oh, okay, let's, right. it wasn't let's, let's say, a Cockney. But um, I knew that it was, I knew what it was about. I knew what it was. They'd heard this. Bet, they they were doing sent, it to each other. I bet it sent a shudder through you. No, I've been expecting it to be honest. You, you've very... never, you, you've never been supportive of my catchphrase. Well, you, I've, it's, it's you, you I've are, warmed to it. You are hoping that it never goes anywhere and that I drop it, and yet you are going to be disappointed because already it's got all the way up to the fucking northeast of England. I, I just worry it's self-preservation. I just worry that it'll lead to bigger and better things for you, and you'll move on <laughs> from this podcast, and perhaps you'll have an ITV2 game show called Sam Delaney. So what? So what? Hello oh. and welcome to So What. It'll be on at like three p.m. weekday yeah, afternoons, probably. And yeah. it'll and it'll then lead on to a, a prime time chat show. You'll you'll take over from Piers Morgan's life stories. Yeah, it, it'll be Sam Delaney's really badly wrong. Well, this will be Sam Delaney's. Tell me it. <laughs> this week I'm joined by Peter <laughs> Andre, who it's fair to say <laughs> I'm say has... Peter Sutcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> this t- this week. I'm joined by two different Peters, well known to the British public for very different reasons. Cue video biography montage. Peter Sutcliffe was born in 1954 in in the Yorkshire town of Leeds. The young Sutcliffe enjoyed playing with his train set and had a had a deep interest in nature. <laughs> However, when he reached his teens, things started to go badly. He was thrown out of school for ill discipline and truancy and soon took a job as a truck driver. <laughs> Which, as we all know, is the job of choice of the murderer. <laughs> Cuts to his mum. Well, the moment he took... He came home and he said, Mum, I've got a job. And I was delighted. And I said, what, as?" And he said, a truck driver. Well, my heart sank. He might as well have just come home and said, I've become a murderer. Because (laughs) we all knew from that point it were inevitable. That were his destiny. (laughs) uh, Good news is he's close to death, apparently. Is he? Yeah, I was reading this in one of the tabloids the other day. You know, I know a guy who used to work at Broadmoor. Can't go into a lot of detail on this because it's like very secretive. But he he worked at Broadmoor in the communications department. Oh, and he was effectively 
Peter Sutcliffe's press officer. <laughs> PR agent. <laughs> he, yeah, because most of the inquiries that came in from the tabloids <laughs> to Broadmoor were, were about Sutcliffe. Well, but yeah. in this, like, the, the, the Sun in particular is obsessed with Broadmoor, right? Mm. It's obsessed with it. So... It'll be one of the main things their news desk is looking at every day. It's like, fine. Oh, yeah. John Bigface. Oh, oh, find out what I'm fucking nat- natters and freaks and perverts are out at Broadmoor. I'll, I'll, I'll make something up. What? I'll ring up Broadmoor. Oh, Broadmoor. Yeah, it's John Bigface here. Yeah. I've heard a rumour that Sutcliffe has started eating porridge out of a shoe. Can you confirm or deny that? Doesn't matter. I'm fucking running it anyway. But seriously, that's apparently how it worked. The sun would <laughs> ring up and they would always say they had a standard response, which was, you know that we can't comment either way on, on any inquiries cases. about our inmates and individual cases. And they go, all right, so we'll just print that yeah. you declined to comment. Yeah. And they'd sort of go, yeah, whatever. All right, fine. And, we, and it was basically this sort of arrangement whereby it's like exactly as you just described it. <laughs> like one of the things they were super, super interested in every year was what the Broadmoor inmates would be having for their Christmas dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and they go, it's John Pinkface here. I've heard they're having turkey and roast beef, all the trimmings, sausages and bacon, right, bread sauce, the lot. Even better than most normal people are having what aren't murderers. Taxpayers' expense. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're all having champagne and all. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, as as always, we cannot comment on the matter. All right, I'll catch you, Drift. Just keep. (laughs) I I know what you're saying, mate. Nod, nod, wink, wink. Keep your eye on the current ban tomorrow. (laughs) And then, like, the headline is something like, you know, Broadmoor scum, you know, (laughs) dine on five-star Yuletide supper. (laughs) Right, and then they'd probably find a story about some other person who's sort of, you know, alone at Christmas. Maybe maybe the mother of one of their victims who is, like, not able to afford anything other than one of those tins of baked beans and sausages. Yeah. Yeah, it's a funny world, isn't it? Mm. Okay. Um, I've got a John Timbrell update, if you fancy that. Oh, yeah. Always. Where is it? Yeah, it's from an email from Lawrence Armstrong. And he says, while perusing the internet in search of the great man's act, it's become like a hobby for some people now, Timbrel Watch. Um, I believe I've stumbled across his profile from which he has commented on a fair few articles on the Law Gazette. Mm. Some highlights include... As a non-lawyer, I can use my real name, but I ask, what are your anonymous? What are you anonymous commentators frightened of? Your comments have merit. Why then do you not put a name to your comments? I ask, but I already know the answer. You are working for or derive your income from a corrupt organisation. <laughs> this, this sounds like it, it, John Timbrell, I think, might be involved in the Labour Party leadership's office and operations. Because <laughs> it sounds very, very much like their response to this panorama expose yeah. last night yeah, is very was... Timbrell esque, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it? It's Is like it? anyone who, who criticises them must be part of a deep, dark conspiracy, a shadowy against, conspiracy. Against Corbyn. Yeah. Yeah. There's another one. Uh, when first you practice to deceive, you know the rest. And uh, the legal ombudsman is another government quango not fit for purpose. Use yeah. of quango there, that's a good, a good signifier. Um, 
or, or another one here. I, as a policeman, I didn't know he was a policeman, no. uh, marvelled how they did not let emotion generated by the most hateful of crimes colour or affect their judgment of their scientific examination of evidence compare the pressures on a commercial establishment eager to make more money or continue to exist. Oh. Just fuck no, just deranged ravens. Big but then, new, 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 big news that he's a policeman. He hasn't revealed yeah, that before. I don't think we knew mm. that. But uh, there isn't any new timbrel news because I've had a look. They were a bit of searching now and again. But I found some timbrel gold from the past. This oh, is from great. July two thousand and fourteen, um, and the headline in the mirror was "Pensioner jailed after trying to make citizens arrest on judge while he sat in court." <laughs> <laughs> uh, John Timbrell, 72, decided to take the law into his own hands after the judge stopped him speaking during a court hearing. Timbrell tried to carry out a citizen's arrest on Judge Michael Harrington after he kicked him out for repeatedly interrupting proceedings. But the furious pensioner was dragged away from the bench by security guards as he tried to grab hold of the judge. <laughs> tried to arrest the judge. Uh, a, few, a few hours later, Timbrell found himself back in court and he was sentenced to 21 days in prison for contempt of court. <laughs> what I'm impressed by with Timbrell, though, is that he's still at large. Yeah. Like, it, I don't know always what the reasons are he's in court in the first place. We don't always hear that. We just know that he's in court and he's fucking causing a lot of disruption there. Yeah. But he's still at large. They've never managed... So all this stuff that he says, they've never quite managed to, like, just incarcerate him. No. He's, they've not put him out of action. He's still at not, large. Not in the same way they did with Charles Bronson, who they got behind bars and then kept him behind there because he repeatedly, you know, try and kill prison officers. He was a troublemaker, yeah. Yeah. He's a bad lad. To say the least. So that's Timber update for you. Is anything happening with um, Earth Tournament? I'm... Uh, speed, no, there's, we know that the, the, the final game in the semi-final round robin is this Saturday. So I'll be giving you updates. There. That's between Morocco and Indonesia. Indonesia only need a draw to get through to the final against yeah. England, uh, which is, of course, in late August. I do have some uh, data on, the, uh, on Warrior, the TV oh. show, which you know they're passing the time with yeah. um, while they're out there. Uh, yeah. For those who didn't who didn't hear this, basically, you know, there's there's time to kill on the campsite in Mexico where Jeffrey Skate's England squad have been staying, and Netflix doesn't exist in Big Galaxy, but they do have DVDs, and they've brought something like ten series worth of this show called Warrior, <laughs> which is the most popular show amongst the the England squad. They fucking right. love it, and it's a comedy action drama. And I've got some more details on various things. Uh, I can give you the plot overview. Please the do. The plot overview is about a young man called Aaron Jones, yeah. right? And um, he he accidentally uh, signs up for the army, the U.S. Army. It happens. It's a, it's a mistake. He's tricked into it. Um, but once he's done it, there's no turning back. And so he gets trained to his own surprise as much as anyone else's into a first-class warrior. Um, what do they need this first-class warrior for, you may ask? Well, it's based around a war between the United States and North Korea. Wow. So Big that's stuff. basically it. He go, America go to war with North Korea and Aaron Jones is just a normal boy next door yeah. who, who who by chance and accident and fate finds himself subscribed to an elite fighting force within the US military called Warriors. Um, so 
basically, Len became so engrossed in this idea of Warrior <laughs> that he wrote out a car, a car, a list of characters, <laughs> right. the plot overview, <laughs> and then he wrote some scripts. Oh, and wow. I can tell you that we have filmed episodes <laughs> one, two, and three of Warrior. <laughs> And I star in all of them. Yeah, of course. Uh, basically, me and him play all the characters. Do you want to hear them? Yeah. So Aaron Jones, the protagonist, the warrior of the yeah. title, is played by Lenny Delaney. Of course. Frankie Stew, right, <laughs> is the head of the US military, head of warrior. Frankie Stew. Squadron. Frankie Stew, played by Sam Delaney. There is uh, Seuss... Keese, right? That's spelled S S W S K I S. Seuss Keese. He is the evil boss of the North Korean army. Joseph Plug. Joseph Plug. By the way, I play Seuss Keese. Okay. Joseph. So I play the head of both the U.S. Army and the North Korean Army. How do you differentiate between the two? Does one of them have a moustache or something? Or I. Do you know what? I haven't done a scene of Seuss Keese yet. Okay. The first three episodes, I play. um, I play Frankie Frankie Stew in all three of them. Did you find yourself having to do anything to get into character for Frankie Stew to get find his motivation? I can tell you. Did you find it easy? Len is an extremely strict and prescriptive director. Right. right? Yeah. So if I try to do, if I try and play with the script, yeah. for instance, that he's given me, fucking hell, there's hell to pay. There's no improvisation allowed. In in one scene, I turned up, we did one scene in the garden, and I turned up with a super soaker, right, yeah. that we've got in the garden that, that was supposed to be, you know, he didn't mind that, he allowed that, but I also had found some goggles lying around in the garden from a water fight we'd had, mm-hmm. and so I put those on. Well, he went mad at me. That was too far. Take those goggles off, those are my goggles. What the hell have those goggles got to do with Frankie Stew? He wouldn't wear them that goggles. Is, yeah, he wouldn't wear those goggles like I'm supposed to know. So I said, well, I was just trying something, and he said, well, don't. So I had a gun. Um... I must admit, in episode one, I did an American accent. Then in, Amer- in episode two, I think I forgot and did an English accent. And then in episode three, I went back to an American accent. So not great continuity. Joseph Plug is the is another person who's part of the Warrior Squadron, mm-hmm. who um, Aaron Jones becomes friend best friends with. <clears throat> they 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 become mates in the, in Warrior School. Right. Um, Hike Beak. Hike Beak is a North Korean elite soldier. So one of the people who they'll have to battle at one point. Is he kind Um, of the American equivalent of our warrior character? Yes, exactly. The North Korean equivalent, yeah. And Boris Holmes, Boris Holmes, which sounds like an estate agent or something, is um, all I know is I play him and he is a homeless child who becomes embroiled in Aaron's adventure somewhere along you, the way. You play a homeless child. A homeless this. child. And I'm not sure exactly how, but he's just a homeless child who along the way, as part of the adventure, Aaron meets and he gets swept up in it all. An, exception, an exceptionally tall homeless child. <laughs> yeah. I actually am looking forward to playing that role because I'm going to like... Get- you could Get maybe my do face this. all smudged and dirty, yeah. you know. You could do some digging. You could maybe yeah. do this 
that were walking along on your knees, but with a pair of slippers on your uh, knees, yeah, like on my knees. like when people play Toulouse Lautrec. Yeah, I'll yeah. do that. <laughs> I'll do that. So that's it. I mean, the first episode was basically I was on the phone to Aaron Jones and he was asleep and he wakes up. It goes ring, ring, and he wakes up and he goes, hello. And I go, hi, hello, son, would you like to join the US Army? And he's all sleeping. He goes, yeah, okay. And I go, fantastic, you start tomorrow. And he says, wait, what? And I say, the army, you're joining the army. And he goes, please, no. And I say, it's too late. You're already signed up. And that's the end of episode one. Verbal contract, mate. Right. Exactly. And then the next day, episode two, we were in the garden. Uh, We were getting my wife to film all of this on the iPad. We're in the garden and I say, oh, and he arrives at at the warrior school compound. Yeah. And I say, ah, um... Aaron, I see you're early. Now drop and give me 20. And he starts doing press-ups. And I go, we'll make a warrior of you yet, son. End of episode two. Cliffhanger. Episode Micro-episodes three. then, yeah? Yes. He said, Do you know what he said? He said, I'm basing the episodes on morph, right? <laughs> okay. I went, what? And we met this is before we started filming. I said, so we're doing these all as plasticine figures. He went... No, why would you say that? And I went, well, because Morph's plasticine figures. He went, no, I mean the length and style will be like Morph in as much as they're very short and there's usually just two characters on screen, him and Ralph. <laughs> he went, but there will be humans instead of plasticine men. I went, oh, yeah, well, I should have worked that out when you said you were basing it on fucking Morph. Anyway, I've got the script here for script for episode three. It just says, it's Aaron Jones saying, when does this war start, Frankie? And Frankie Stu says, soon. And I've actually done that scene already. And I, yeah. although it's just one line of script, I really make the most out of it because I look at him and then I look straight into camera and narrow my eyes and say, yeah. soon. Soon. Like, it's is, ominous. Is that it? Is that the episode? No, then his mate <laughs> comes in and says, so Joseph Plug turns up and says, so where's the new warrior? And Frankie Stu says, you just missed him. <laughs> and then that that's the end of the episode. Nice. They're, they're punchy. But yeah. what's good is, that, you know, I think he's trying to attract a young audience who probably have quite a short attention it's, span. Yeah, it's for the YouTube generation, isn't it? Yeah. Of course. Jalapeño. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Jalapeño. So Warrior, I think, is becoming a big thing. I'm, uh, this morning I said, Warrior needs a theme tune. And he said, no, it doesn't. So then I started fucking around and singing what I thought would be a good theme tune. But I was just, yeah, I was ad-libbing Andy. So I was like, yeah, Warrior, uh, uh, Warrior, Man of War, coming to destroy North Korea. <laughs> right, and all this. <laughs> Because I thought that would be really good with a montage of him fighting. Of course, you know, yeah. At the opening, he went mad. I was going to say, I suspect Len thought not. <laughs> Shut up! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> well, I'm just having a bit of fun. I thought it'd be good. There is no theme tune. It just starts. Stop trying to okay, take I'm over sorry. my project. So, then on the way to school, he he'd been quiet about it for a while. Five minutes later, we're on the way to school, Dad. I was saying stop, and you continued to sing that stupid song about Warrior mm. when I had told you there was no theme tune already. Mm. Why? Why? Fucking hell. Um, it looks to me as if there could be some creative differences, and you might find yourself sacked from Warrior before long. I think what I need to do is just remember to not try to make... just to, Sometimes, on any job, mate, you just got to turn up, do what you're told, take your money, and fuck off. not make it all about you. Well, I, I'm a creative. You know me, mate. I'm an ideas man, and I can't help it. They spill out of me, right? <laughs> and some people like that, and some people hate it. Yeah. And he hates it. And so it's like, but I need to remember, look, it's fine. Turn up, do what you're told. It's easier. Easy life. Turn up, do what you're told, go yeah. home. Bang. No problem. Easy life. So that's what I've got. If we're going to ever get to the end of this uh, series one of Warrior, I'm going to have to fucking just keep my mouth shut and do what I'm told. I think and that's what it is. And it'll just be more I, I, peaceful. I think the apple doesn't fall far from the tree either, and I think Len is a similar creative to yourself. So it's, he, it's He's got a lot of ideas, but I would say he's more controlling than I am. I wouldn't yeah. say I was particularly controlling. Yeah, true. Well, just be careful so, all the time. I'm saying just be careful because I'm available. That's all I'm saying. If he does suck you and he does need a new Frankie Stew, I can come down you, there at you're not 10 hours come all the way down to London to p- perform in these 30-second episodes of Warrior, are you? Well, I don't bother to come down and record these podcasts, but I would I come know. down to be in Warrior. You'd come Warrior. Warrior <laughs> feels like it's got more potential than Definitely. Top Black Time Machine. Hey, I've got a couple of real-life football stories for okay. discussion. Okay. First of all, real quick, I want to know your opinions on Steve Bruce perhaps becoming the Newcastle manager. Well, this episode is going out on Friday. Uh, mm. We're recording it on Thursday morning. So between Thursday morning and Friday morning, that deal could have been done and Steve Bruce could have been announced as the Newcastle manager. Uh, Friday also happens to be my birthday. And it feels as though it could be the best present I could ever get. Really? Steve Bruce as Newcastle manager, yeah. it's uh... Because when he, when he was at Sunderland, there was people said that... And you've obviously disputed this on this show. You said that he, you know, the the media said, oh, they don't like him because they think he's a Sunderland, yeah. uh, a Newcastle fan. Yeah, and he but that used wasn't to say true, that himself. No, he used to oh. say that himself. We didn't like him because he'd sold Darren Bent, didn't replace him. The signings he did bring him were uninspiring. His tactics were uh, uh, one-dimensional. He just wasn't very good. We had a good first season with him, but then after that, he wasn't very good. And he's How never really he... done much in the Premier League. He, he tends to get relegated quite a lot. So he, he, He's managed a lot of big clubs now. If you look at, it, like, you know, Sunderland, Villa, Sheffield Wednesday, where he is at the moment, big yeah. club. 
Uh, Newcastle could be his next stop. I mean, so many other clubs. Palace, Wigan, I think Huddersfield at some point. He's fucking been around houses and he he, he has no problem getting new jobs. I, I think it's because he's a, an affable man, isn't yeah. he? He probably he, just turns seems, up and says, I'll just do whatever you say. Yeah, whatever. I'll stop he, here for a couple of years. He seems, he seems nice and he yeah. seems reasonably intelligent. Yeah. And when you... If you imagine meeting him, I would imagine he'd be very disarming and charming. Oh, you'd have a lovely time with him, I think, yeah. And and uh, I think he just gets in front of a chairman and the chairman's it, just besotted by him. Just, yeah, seduced almost by him. I, yeah, I bet he. I bet he's always, <laughs> just, in spite of his looks, which are borderline grotesque, I, yeah. I, I would wager he never had any problem <clears throat> with the ladies. I, I mean, I wrote a thing about him once where I described him as having a face like a just-fuck cushion. <laughs> yeah, I think that's very accurate. Uh, but yeah, but why should we judge people on their looks? I mean, look at me. I do all right, and I've got a face like fucking bag of tits you're, that's falling out of a I, van. I, I, I would say you're very dashing, Andy. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Um... Now, the other thing I want to talk about is, did you see this press conference at Real Madrid for a player who they've bought called Adair Militao? I mean, I've never heard of him. And as you can tell, I can't say the cunt's name, but he must be decent because they signed him for 50 million. I know nothing nothing about him or about this press conference. (laughs) It's fucking mad, though, isn't it? These players you've never heard of. And they're going for 50 million. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that if someone went for 50 million, it would be the biggest fucking... It would have been the sort of story that transcended the sports pages and they would have been covering, like, as the tops, one of the top stories on the on the BBC News saying a footballer has been yeah. transferred for 50 million pounds. That's not That's less than 10 years ago people have been talking like that. Now, yeah. I've just heard about it. What happens is, right, they've signed him from Porto. His name's Adair Militao. Probably I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. He's Brazilian. He's 21 years old. He kind of looks like a cross between... um, Who was the lad uh, who used to play on the wing for Manchester United, who was also Portuguese? And he he was like a budget Ronaldo. He he, he played for for years. Nanny. He looks like a cross between Nanny... And Bruce Forsyth, because <laughs> he's he's like Nanny in lots of ways, but he has Bruce Forsyth's chin. Anyway, he's doing this press conference, right? Not even a big deal. Fifty million pound. Few journalists turned up. No yeah. problem. Not even a big deal. Not even not even doing Real Madrid's usual modus operandi, which is to have him out on the pitch at the Bernabeu doing kickups. They love doing that, don't they? <laughs> They're just giving him a normal one. So he's doing this press conference. He's having questions fired at him. And halfway through trying to answer a question, he starts to look... He comes over a bit queer. Right. And he starts to squint. He looks like he's in pain. He loosens his tie. He undoes his top button. Oh, shit. And he puts his head in his hand. And he's really struggling. And he looks really, like, green around the gills, like he's going to throw up or faint or something. And it's, like, it's painful to watch, right? The journalists carry on just asking questions. Everyone, I mean, I can't understand it because they're speaking in Spanish or Portuguese or something. Senor Pickface. But as far as, yeah, Senor Pickface, what the matter with you? Stop. Look at me when I ask questions. You happy to be at Real Madrid? Look at me. Hey, what's your problem? Right. 
Um, and so uh, he he uh, he's he's really in a bad way, and no one pays any attention. And the journalists carry on asking questions, and the more sort of uh, um, ill he looks, mm. the louder you can hear all of the cameras clicking. Right. So it's like brilliant. We've got more of a story here. The yeah. journalists are Waiting like snap, 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 get him because he's in in real trouble. He's on the ropes. And then the camera Finish pans him. out. And he's sat at a long table, right? <clears throat> and there's Real Madrid officials sitting on the table. So there's presumably like the publicist, some sort of executive. I don't know whether Zidane was there. You can't see it. But they 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 don't look concerned. They don't look at all compassionate. They look awkward. They look yeah. like this is awkward. This is not. This wasn't in the script. He's not What's doing he what doing? he's supposed to do. He's going off script. Yeah. No cunt comes Fuck to his aid. And he just looks really embarrassed. And he, he he grabs a glass of water, downs it in one. Then he sort of laughs awkwardly because he's, he's, he's feeling embarrassed, which is the last thing you should feel like in a situation like this, right? Because yeah. there is a room full of human beings, some of whom are your new employers. And you would imagine, I would like to think, Andy, I would like to think, that even me as a journalist, if I had been there in that press conference, sitting as a journalist, and no fucker, because it was, should have been the publicist or someone from Real Madrid got straight up and said, you're all right, mate. No one says it to him. No. It's not just that no one comes over to him and puts their hands on his shoulders and, and assists him. It's not like that. It's that no one even says, are you okay? Or the press officer might say, hang on, everyone, let's take a minute. I think, I think he's struggling, mm-hmm. right? No one says anything. And it, it, I don't know, it saddened me. It saddened me about, you know, humanity. And anyway, you know, everyone's snap, snap, snapping away. And in the end, he just has to get up again. No one assists him. And he staggers off stage. Yeah. And you can hear all the, all the diss and dats are like, eh, what's the matter with him? Yeah. Why is he going? Yeah. Right? And, He's and a all public the, property. What is this? Yeah, and all, the, and they're, all they're doing is they're snap, 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 snap. It's the world we live in. You come a cropper. Right, don't worry about that. If you fucking have an accident in the street, there'll be just as many, there'll be more people getting their phones out and taking pictures than there will be people coming to your aid. And yeah. um, he walks off and it cuts back again to some sort of fucking suit, some suit and tie this and that from Real Madrid, just sitting there sort of swallowing, like in a kind of, oh my God, uh, what's happening? People are fucking robots. If I'd been a journalist in that room, mate, yeah. I'd have got up and helped the cunt. And I mean, you know what would have? Go on. I would have got. I would have got up. When I wouldn't have done it straight away because I'd have thought, "Oh, he's ill. Someone else is going to help him." But when it became apparent that no one was going to help him, I'd have stood up, and said, "You're all right." And then I would have walked over. But you know what? Before I got close to him to help, someone would have tasered me. Security would have got you. Yeah, yeah they would have tasered me. They would go, "What the fuck are you doing?" I'm. Like, I'm trying to help the cunt. It's what he's, you should be doing. He's tasered. got a knife. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's our asset. He cost 50 million euros. He's trying to destroy our asset. <laughs> it's been sent for Barcelona. Yeah. So the whole thing's fucking mad. And then That's what's the name? Are, the, the tennis player. Um, what's the name? Conta. Do you want to Conta? Did you, did you see her press I just saw about it. I didn't watch it properly, so I have no opinion on it. Mate, it is but... great. It is great because... There is a proper fucking John Pigface speaking right. to her. But he's not like, oh, John Pigface, on the sun. 
he's more like um, one of those sort of, you know, those types of sports journalists. They're the sort of ones you see on uh, Sunday Supplement. Yeah. They're very pleased with themselves. And <laughs> yeah. They're, extre- yeah. they're extremely pompous. Yeah. And they, they're fucking pro. I mean, I know you don't like it when I go off about golf, but they're what I call proper golf club cunts. Do you yeah. know what I mean? They're like yeah. putting the world to right. Yeah. Well, of course, it's just not proper. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're the sort of cunts who do all that. Remember when we talked about before over like the spying thing with Bielsa and stuff? Whatever. Well, this is not the way things are done in this country. Yeah, judge and jury, yeah. He gets up and like he goes to, well, it's all very well you praising your opponent, but at the end of the day, there were elements of your performance that simply weren't good enough. And she said something like, well, she's very polite, she said, I don't really accept that. All I can do is tell you what I think went wrong. Mm. And he went, well, to be fair, I think he won't leave it. He's like, well, I just think that you are presumably someone who wants to go to the next level and one day win a Grand Slam. And therefore, you will have to address some of these problems that have emerged in your game. Like, basically, he knows more than her what needs to be done. And journalists, and I speak to journalists myself, sometimes need to fucking remember when they're speaking to experts, yeah. do you know what I mean? Professionals. Professionals that, yes, your role is to observe and critique and scrutinise, right? But don't fall into the trap of ever thinking that you know more than the fucker that, who is the professional. No. Because, you, because that, that's how we end up with people like Michael Gove and Boris Johnson thinking they can run the country. Yeah. You can't run the country. You're a journalist, which means that you're, you're pr- you've got an inquiring mind and you're quite good at picking up information and, and processing it quickly, but on, a, a you know, a, not a very, you know, usually quite a superficial level because of the pace at which you work. But, you know, these cunts, he sat there and he's more or less telling her, hello, I am a fucking anonymous sport tennis writer who only fucking... <laughs> has work to do once a fucking year around Wimbledon time. The rest of the year, they got me fucking covering crown cream bowling. But nevertheless, I am convinced of my own fucking superior intellect on everything. And I am here to help you by telling you what areas you're going. And she just interrupts me. And she really politely and kindly says, please don't patronise me. And he goes, I'm not patronising you. And even the way he says I'm not patronising you, it's fucking patronising. Now then, young lady. I'm simply trying to, he more or less says I'm simply trying to help you. And she goes, no, listen, you know, she says something like, I'm a professional athlete. I give my best in everything that I do. Uh, you know, my analysis of, of what where I've gone wrong is fine. And I'm sorry, I can't really respond to your question. He shuts up in the end. I mean, I'm not doing it justice. She shuts him down, big stuff. Yeah. But the the thing is, she never loses it. She's yeah. very eloquent. And she just says, back in your fucking box. Yeah. Because she's clearly an educated and eloquent woman. But more than that, she's a fucking, she's a top tennis player who's competing at fucking Wimbledon. Don't fucking rock up here and tell me. Do you know what I mean? Even in football, which is football journalism is full of fucking daft pomposity at times. But you don't get someone going to, you know, Jurgen Klopp or Pep Guardiola. You know, oh, um, you you know that what you should actually be doing is playing with wingbacks. Trust me, I watch a lot of football in my capacity as a football journalist. And that's what you need to do. It's pure mansplaining, isn't it? That's what it is. It's he wouldn't, really have, he wouldn't have done it to a male tennis player. 
That's what it felt like. It felt yeah. really like... Now, listen, love. Listen, young right. lady, I assume you want to do well in the tennis world. Yeah. Here's yes. what uh, you're going to have to do. Listen, I for the, can I first say I am absolutely behind the idea of ladies wanting to have a go at tennis. I think it's <laughs> great. And you've really come along quite well. But if you want to actually succeed, I think you better listen to someone who's been around the block a few times. I mean, you don't see the cunt. He's probably some fat, out-of-shape fucker who hasn't fucking swung a tennis racket in anger in 30 years. Do you know what I mean? He's too busy fucking guzzling his free beer in the VIP tent. Yeah. I've compiled a list of points which you should pick up and work on in your game going forward. But yeah, that's what it is. Press conferences this week bringing shame upon the journalistic community. The noble community of journalists. Mm, right. That's, yes. about, that's about all we've got time for, Sam. Oh. Sorry right. about Fair that. Fair enough. Be like that. Yeah. Well, oh, it's I've 35 be- minutes. Well, I've got that's other things it. to do. It's my birthday, isn't it? done. Uh, uh, just quickly fill us in on Andy Dawson's birthday. Right. What's the what's right. the setup? What's it, the it itinerary? Is, as I say, we're recording this in advance of the day itself. Here's what's going to happen, right? right. Um, quarter to nine, take me boy to school. Right. Uh, 9.15-ish, go to some of his sports day, which goes on all day long. It's like the Olympics, Fuck. but there's Fuck. only certain times of it when it, you can go and watch because they're doing some of it in different parts of the school. Some Nine of it's fi- behind closed doors. Yeah, because, look, yeah. But, Put it this way, there's shit that happens that the parents won't feel comfortable about and it's Sorry. best you don't see. Exactly that. So at 9.15, watch a bit of sports day. My daughter this week is doing work experience. Normally I'd be taking her into a work experience, but no, she's got a thing at school at 11pm mm. for a singing exam. So I've got to take her into school at 11am, mm. Sorry, and then... At Take her from school to the singing exam at twelve thirty, and then one fifteen, one o'clock. I'm getting taking the dog in to get his hair cut. One fifteen, mm-hmm. back at school for the second part of the sports day. Oh, three mate. three fifteen, uh, pick up the boy from school and also pick the daughter up from the singing exam at some point as well. That's my birthday. None of it's fucking about hell. me. Where's all the fucking Andy time? Exactly. Exactly. I would have thought you'd have like a five episode fucking binge of Place in the Sun lined up. Well, ideally, yeah, but no. And some beige food. No, none of that. So, have you got any plans in the evening? Well, I might go to a restaurant or something, have a bit of dinner (laughs) by myself. (laughs) 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 For a bit of me time. Okay, and then will you be, it being your birthday... Does that mean that you'll be throwing yourself harder into your traditional Friday night trolling music fans during the BBC Four I'm music not really, documentary? I'm not really on Twitter anymore, Sam. I've withdrawn from public life. You don't life. do that anymore, I've do you? I've withdrawn from Twitter. Why so, don't um, you say... Well, I might bring what? it back as it's my birthday and I'll be it's planning on getting quite treat. drunk. Yeah. You could sit and watch um, a BBC Four music documentary and just write down some comments yeah. which you could later just mail to people. After I could the do. event. I could do. I might yeah. bring it back. I might bring back the drunken trolling just for all time's you know, sake. You know I'm going on a walking holiday to reset my demons this week. Good weekend. for you. Quite right. South Downs with my cousin Bruce. Nice one. We're staying, we're staying in a pub and on the website it says, we welcome all types of visitors, adults, children and the famous local druids. Oh, you're going yeah. druid spotting. I think I'm going to fucking encounter some druids on my walk in the well, South you're Downs. To co- you're going to have to come back with a selfie with a druid, Sam. That's your challenge. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do my best, yeah. 
Right, okay. Let's go. Okay, mate. Well, Enough. happy birthday for tomorrow. Thanks very much. And uh, en- speak to you on Sunday. Enjoy your Druid watch. Thanks for nice listening, time. everyone. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.